Hello, and welcome to the second episode of Selecting the Right Load Movement System, a limited series podcast about choosing the right material handling system for moving heavy loads in industrial settings. My name's Eddie, and here's my co-host, Joshua. Hello. In this series, we want to help you figure out what load movement system you should use when moving whatever it is your organization builds or works with. Answering that question depends on a bunch of different factors, but there's one question that looms over all the others when picking a material handling system. How much does the load weigh? Exactly. With this first question, we can eliminate any option that is clearly unsuitable for the weight class of the load you need to move. It also helps that most operations will already know the weight of the load to be moved. Right. So the point of asking questions like this one is to go through a process of elimination, removing material handling systems that won't work for your situation. Since some systems just plain won't work at some weights, if you know the weight of the load to be moved, you can usually cross off at least a few options from the list and immediately start narrowing down your options. Before we dive into it, though, we should mention something. One thing to understand is that the weight question isn't all or nothing. It's a spectrum. Take forklifts, for example. These vehicles are well-suited to handle weights up to 20,000 pounds. Past that, you start having to make some big compromises. So while it's possible to use them for heavier weights, say up to 100,000 pounds, you start running into secondary issues. The forklifts that can handle those weights are absolutely gargantuan, so you have to have plenty of space for them to maneuver. They're also disproportionately expensive, and require even more care than ordinary forklifts to operate. But it is possible to use them. However, you eventually hit a point, probably around a few hundred thousand pounds, where forklifts just won't work anymore at all. You just can't move a load that heavy no matter how big and expensive a forklift you get. So, instead of set thresholds where a given system will or won't work, each of them have a functional range where, for some weights, they're excellent. At other weights, they're just okay. And at other weights, they just plain won't work. Right. Maybe now we should look at each type of material handling system one at a time. Sounds good. Going in alphabetical order. Let's start with air casters, which probably have the most flexibility when it comes to the weight question. Because air casters ride on a thin film of compressed air, it takes as little as a pound of push for every half ton of weight you intend to move, making air casters suitable for moves of virtually any weight class over 500 pounds. The heavier the weight, the more casters you add. The logistics of the move can become a little more complicated at heavier weights, especially for super heavy loads. But in terms of sheer ability to move loads around, air casters probably have the broadest range of anything we're going to discuss today. Next up are cranes, which probably have the second broadest range. Cranes come in a huge variety of models and styles that can be tailored to different weight classes. Cranes range between lightweight models that can move smaller loads up to giant gantry cranes that can move enormous and ungainly loads. However, Cranes become unsuitable for loads past 400 tons and are effectively impossible at 1,000 plus tons in most cases. Although here's a fun fact for you. The biggest crane in the world is in China. It's called the Taishun Crane and it's larger than a football field. It can lift 20,000 tons, enough to get it in the Guinness Book of World Records. But that thing is a monster and most organizations won't have the money, space, or need for something so gigantic. Hey, that reminds me of a joke. Isn't it crazy how big the birds get at construction sites? I mean, just look at the size of those cranes. Uh-huh. Okay, Joshua. Don't quit your day job. 
Cranes must be really great dates. They have the best pickup lines. Moving on. So, to your point, in most situations, cranes are going to top out somewhere around 1,000 tons. Yeah, that brings up another good point. Everything we're talking about here is more about best practices or other practicalities, not necessarily what's absolutely possible or impossible. Good qualifier. That's true with forklifts, too. Forklifts definitely have a more limited weight range than air casters or cranes because they become much more complicated to use for loads heavier than 10 tons. So we wouldn't recommend them for heavier loads, even though it might be technically possible in some cases. Right. When it comes to our discussion of weight classes, it's not just when the move system can physically lift the weight. It's also a question of whether it's practical or logistically feasible to lift that weight. So, as you were saying, you can buy a forklift that can lift more than 10 tons, but there starts to be a lot of trade-offs. For example, the cost of the vehicle starts skyrocketing. We'll talk more about cost in Episode 5, but there's definitely a relationship between how much weight some of these systems can move and how much they cost. And costs can increase very, very fast. The price for some systems will only increase linearly, or maybe even only incrementally, as you scale the weight of the load upwards. The increase in cost as you add air casters for heavier weights is relatively marginal, for example. Bigger cranes or forklifts, however, are disproportionately more expensive. They get crazy expensive. They also become more difficult to handle. The really big forklifts require a huge amount of floor space to operate. They're more complicated to maneuver, and so on. At a certain point, it just becomes so complicated that even though you could use forklifts for some really heavy weights, it just may not necessarily make sense to use them anyway. For example, if you're trying to move a super heavy load through a densely packed manufacturing facility, these ultra-large forklifts will be a no-go. Yep. At a certain point, they just won't work, like we were discussing earlier. If we're going alphabetically, let's mention human power here. Speaking of complexity, one of the most straightforward and simplest ways to move things is just for someone to pick them up. So in some circumstances, large teams of people might work together to move otherwise prohibitively heavy loads. I mean, that's how the Great Pyramids were built. It was, but this also highlights the relationship between weight class and safety. We'll talk about safety more later in this series, but since you bring it up, it's worth noting that the workforce building the Great Pyramids had so many deaths, they had a dedicated worker cemetery in which archaeologists have found hundreds of skeletons. That's why OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, strictly regulates what people can and can't do in the workplace when it comes to physical labor. This is another case where just because you could technically move a load with people doesn't mean you should or even can legally. And there are definite limits to how much weight even a large crowd of people can accommodate. Human power is definitely going to be relatively constrained in the range of weights it can move compared to any other move system. Next up we have rails, drag chains, and conveyor systems. These systems are all great for fairly heavy loads, between 50 and 200 tons. But there's another consideration for this group. The loading mechanism will affect the suitable weight classes. Right. In other words, you have to get the load onto the rail or conveyor, and so the weight of the load you can move might be limited by the loading system rather than by the rail, chain, or conveyor itself. These systems also scale poorly. As the weight or distance that they need to move something increases, the cost skyrockets. Next up, transfer carts. These are sort of an alternative to fork trucks. They can be great for lighter to mid-range weights, 
So they can accommodate loads well in excess of 100,000 pounds, but like rail and conveyor systems, they scale poorly. Finally, we have wheeled casters, which are usually pushed by hand. These can technically work for fairly heavy loads, those under 25 tons, but they're much better suited for lighter loads under 2.5 tons. Above that weight, the logistics of the move just start becoming a lot more complicated, and it takes a lot more people to provide enough force to push the load. Past 25 tons, wheeled casters are just impractical. So those are the major systems. Which one's the best? Now there's a trick question. Remember, at this stage, we're not actually picking the system yet. We're going through a process of elimination. So what we really need to do is identify the systems that can work versus those that can't. If we have a super heavy load that weighs in the hundreds of tons, we know that certain systems just plain won't work. We can cross forklifts and human power off the list, for example. We know a few other systems, like conveyors or wheeled carts, won't be as practical. So, maybe we leave them on the list, but designate them as second priority. And then we have a few systems that we know would work just fine, like air casters, cranes, and maybe drag chains or rails. Exactly right. At this point in the process, we're just trying to narrow down the list, and weight is only the first question. In our next episode, we'll talk about the next question that will help us narrow down the list even further. What kind of flexibility and maneuverability do you need from the material handling system? So, Joshua, where can people find us if they want to continue going through this process with us? They can subscribe to this podcast anywhere they normally listen to podcasts. Or they can visit our home website at www.aerogo.com. That's www.aerogo.com. And until next time, thank you everyone for joining us. See you soon.